On today's show, we chat about the Noah Gregor PTO, how the Leafs can learn from Connor McDavid and some of the fellas out in Edmonton. It's Fan Friday, so we bring on a fan to come and chat with us about all things Maple Leafs. All that more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I tell you, I got my FanDuel money already loaded up, and I had it working for me last night on uh, on the the NFL kickoff. What about you? Did you get uh, did you get yourself reacquainted with Fa- with FanDuel pretty easily last night? I did not, probably in the way I would have liked. Um, I initially was like, maybe I'll I'll dabble a little bit and think the Lions could pull off an upset in prime time. I'm like. Ah. I've trusted the lines before they broken my heart. So I thought a little bit too much with the heart than I did with the head. So I was at, uh, I was at like an event though. And it was kind of interesting. They were giving out some free swag. Uh, so they gave out, I don't know. It was like, where is it here? Uh, a fanny pack. And then in the, the, like this fanny thing, there was a, what else did they give away here? There was a, a, a chiefs, uh, super bowl banner. Kind of the one that Travis Kelsey is playing with yesterday. But the real prize that I think were these fold-away glasses, which are pretty, pretty dope here, Dave. Check these things out. They literally, like, fold out. Fold out. And they're not bad. They're not bad. Captain Morgan's, which is pretty solid rum drink. Not bad glasses. So that was uh, that was my night. Probably was the best I did was the free sway. Because just like you... I did not do very well on my uh, on my FanDuel bets. I did I did get a Blake Bell anytime touchdown. I wow. did hit on that one, which was pretty stoked to do. But although uh, I will say that FanDuel had their you know they usually like have the spread the love or stuff like that. So I did pick I, up some yes. easy cash there. If you're that not doing new, those ones, yeah. you're missing out on free money. Yeah, that was a, a free forty five bucks for for anyone who did that last night. Um, and keep in mind, they're going to keep doing those. Like when the hockey season starts, they'll do some some sort of, you know, Maple Leafs. Uh, I remember last year, I think it was Leafs record one shot on goal. And, uh, you know, if you bet 50, you get 45. And obviously they're going to record a shot on goal. Same thing, you know, when the Raptors, they record their first bucket, you know, and that'll pay a minus 110 on uh, on those bets as well they typically have a, a max obviously you can't yeah. bet a million and win you know half a million bucks i think yeah, it's like it'll go bankrupt yeah but, 15, uh, usually, max, but yeah like 20 or 50 dollar max but hey take advantage when it's there um certainly take advantage 
Uh, speaking of taking advantage, Dave, we'll shift into uh, our Leafs chat for the day, and someone is going to have to take advantage of the newly signed PTO he just signed is Noah Gregor. Um, I did a little bit of a, a deep dive into Noah Gregor last night, just trying to you know figure out what do I know about this player who signed a PTO a couple days ago with the Maple Leafs, and here's what I came up with, Dave. Uh, versatile winger, 25 years old. He's got a, a little bit of size to him, six foot, uh, buck 90. Spent parts of four seasons with the San Jose Sharks. Last year had 10 goals and seven assists for 17 points in 57 games, but registered 119 shots on goal. Um, so, you know, pretty shooter happy player. Had 97 hits in those 57 games, 34 blocks, averaging just, uh, just under 13 minutes a game, 12.58. Did have a hat trick last year against the Arizona Coyotes. If I'm not mistaken, the Maple Leafs still have yet to beat the Arizona Coyotes on home ice since like 2002. So if this guy's having success against the Yotes, hey, maybe that's worth signing this guy. He is the Gregor. Maybe he's the answer to uh, to their Coyotes problem on home ice potentially but um over the course of his career he's got 26 goals in uh, 178 games 51 uh, points in total um he's got three fights under his belt as well had a nice tilt with connor murphy last year who's a pretty big dude six foot four uh you know 220 defenseman for the chicago blackhawks so he's got a little bit of a little bit of an edge to him as well Incredibly speedy winger. I think that's the one thing that I I picked up on, and and you know I've known this by watching him um, play uh, in San Jose for a while. Um, and what I gathered when I kind of saw people talking about Noah Gregor was speed for days, but can't hit the net to save his life. Is essentially Noah Gregor in a nutshell. So the first person I thought of was oh, so do we have what uh, Michael Grabner? Back in uh, back here or something. <laughs> I remember that was Michael Grabner. Oh, Speed God, today. Remind me. But he was so jinxed. He just couldn't put the puck in the back of the net. Um, I think Grabner was more of a natural scorer than Noah Gregor was. Gre- Noah Gregor, yeah. more of a depth piece, fourth line type of guy who, you know, can maybe grind uh, a little bit more. But if he could use that speed to, to you know, help establish a four check in the offensive zone from a, from a fourth line position. I think that would be very beneficial for him in the preseason. If he could show that he could do those kinds of things Um, generates good looks for himself. He's averaging over two shots a game last season, um, but lacks finish just a 8.4% shooting percentage, which is fairly low. Fairly low. You're looking at like Alex Kerfoot level shooting percentage here uh, when it comes to, to Noah Gregor. Um, so just to, to you know put that into perspective for you. So it looks like this guy can generate some looks for himself due to his speed. But uh, often does he hit, does he miss the net? He had 629 shot attempts throughout his career. Only 368 of them actually went on goal. So only 58% of his career shot attempts have actually been on goal. So you know, we'll see what we get uh, out of Noah Gregor, but he is coming in, signing this PTO. He'll have a lot of competition in camp, not guaranteed a spot, obviously. He'll be going up against, you know, Bobby McMahon, Gambrell, Steves, um, you know, Nick Robertson should have an opportunity for, for, you know, one of those final winger spots as well in the fourth line. 
you could toss Lafferty and Reeves into that conversation as well, perhaps. Um, so he's got his work cut out for him. But, uh, you know, a, a no-risk PTO signing, in my opinion. I, I'm, I'm a fan of bringing him into the, into the fold to see what he's got. Yeah, I mean, I think the bottom six, there's a lot of question marks on, A, where are you going to get offense from and what's the kind of identity of the bottom six? And there aren't a lot of guys with speed in that bottom six. Like Sam Lafferty is kind of the one that I could see as like the speed guy. But really, other than that, like David Camp has some speed as well. I would I could say that. But like I would like to see a little more speed, a little more determination in that bottom six. So if he can carve himself out a role, it's pretty much, I think, also trying to get some more competition for these young Marley guys that are trying to you know, make it to the team next year, like a Bobby McMahon, Pontus Olmberg, like guys like that who are kind of, you know, trying to get, get establish themselves as NHLers. Now you got a guy who has some NHL experience to push them and see, and also see if he's got anything left in the tank. Like the fact that he was with Canada at the World Championships, uh, uh, not in 2022, I was like, that's interesting. Like you don't usually give guys like that an opportunity for Canada. Like they try to find at least some, reputable players in a way yeah world championships it's there it's it's often a frankenstein roster at the world championships these days i find but yeah just like noah gregor doesn't really uh like spark like a oh yeah i could see him making team a a team canada roster right but still like it's it's a good accomplishment for him and i'd like to see you know if that speed can finally translate to something maybe you'd play with some more offensively gifted players my help too, right? Because in uh, San Jose, I think he was playing a lot with like Nick Bonino, which like Nick Bonino years ago would have been a perfect line mate to have, but nowadays he's a little up there in age. So, like, yeah, I mean, I, who his line mate may end up being like Ryan Reeves, though. So it's not like he's coming here and he's going to be playing with Austin Matthews yeah, or true. William Nylander, right? So he's still going to have to create for himself. And luckily with the speed, you know, he's been able to do that, uh, you know, th- throughout his career. If he could just finish a little, like bring that 7% shooting uh, percentage just up a, a couple of ticks. You know, he's a guy who can pot you maybe 10 to, to 15 goals, like 10 goals in a 57-game span. That's, you know, you're looking at about a 13-ish goal season uh, on an 82-game basis. So, you know, I, I think that's pretty much what you're looking for out of a fourth liner, someone who can get you 10 to 12 to 15 goals um, and also just forecheck a little bit. And I, I was listening to, uh, to um, Jay Rosehill on, uh, on his show with Alberga he, the other day when, when they were talking about this signing and he gave some pretty good advice to Noah Gregor. And he said, basically just go in there and dip into the PTO. And in one of the games that you got, just hit whoever you can and try and punch someone in the face. If he can do that, that was the advice from Jay Rosa. If he could do that, Brad Chilliving will uh, almost be forced to uh, hand this guy a contract at the end of the day. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with him. You know, all the best to, to Noah Gregor and the PTO. I'm excited for, for camp to start uh, up here pretty shortly in the next couple of weeks. And maybe we'll get, uh, we'll get a glimpse at what Noah Gregor can bring to uh, to the Maple Leafs. Uh, on the other side, Dave, we uh, there's this this story going around in Edmonton about what Connor McDavid is mandating out there 
And I just want to have a discussion about what, whether or not you think, you know, the Leafs could learn for from McDavid from stuff like this. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do, um, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors is our friends over at FanDuel. Football season is kicking off, kicked off last night, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now you can bet on a Super Bowl winner and you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So for example, if you would have picked the Detroit Lions, you'd have got yourself an extra five bucks last night in your uh, in your winnings just because of that victory. Uh, just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every win. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with North America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave more sooty. We are a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. We got shows coming out uh, Monday through Friday, starting next week or the week after. Maybe starting the- September eighteenth, I believe is. Okay. What's yeah, so the week after, we're back to a five day a week show schedule. So you know we're getting close, man. Getting real close to the start of uh, of training camp here, and I think actually that is the same week. Actually, no, it starts the this week, the uh, or next week, rather. The prospect tournament in Traverse City starts up next week, too. I almost forgot about it when somebody was talking. Oh, I was talking with uh, Ross on the national show about it. He was talking about the Senators prospect camp. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's coming up before training camp, isn't it? So uh, excited for that to be able to see some of the prospects. Some of the young guys will be playing there. Um, so that'll be next week. We'll get into it more. Uh, next uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, probably, or next Wednesday, rather. I think we'll we'll kind of do a little preview on that one. Um, but speaking of camp, Dave, speaking of camp, did you hear the story out of Edmonton where Connor McDavid mandated that the team shows up, the entire team shows up at Edmonton early and get in some skates as a team prior to the start of training camp, two weeks out. These guys are now skating together as a unit, as a team, collectively, with two weeks left in their offseason. They all kind of said, hey, we're buying in, and we're going to go in there, and we're going to get our uh, get take care of business, essentially. You like this? You like this from Connor I, David? You know, like, I don't mind. Well, I mean, how? I mean, you got to be, I guess, cognizant of, of guys' travel plans, getting to the skates and stuff like that. But I don't mind when when your captain is the one kind of saying, "All right, like we need to we need to show that we mean business this year, right?" Like you see players doing skates with other with other teams and guys on other teams. Like I know Marshawn usually does like the Crosby McKinnon. They're usually doing their skates there, but I think it. it it says something about the leadership that McDavid has and just how much he really wants it. Right. Like let's, you know, we've, we've had good regular seasons, but we need to, you know, get ourselves together as a group. So, um, so my question to you, Dave is shouldn't the Leafs have the same mindset pal? Well, I mean, yeah, every team should have the same mindset. I think when you look at, you know what's gone wrong i mean with so many changes happening this year too 
it would be nice if these guys were to, you know, get on the same page right off the hop. You know what? I, like, it doesn't even have to be like huge, like scrimmages that they do. Just at least break the ice so that when you're going to training camp, you're not. Uh, there's going to be some of that. Obviously, they always in some way break in the new guys. But yeah, get it, get it going now. Like you're like players are already doing these skates right now. It's not like, ah, guys are still trying to enjoy the last bit of summer. No, like they're, they, they understand that they need to be, they need to come to training camp ready to go. Not, Oh, training camp. I'll, I'll throw the skates on and I'll be ready to go. No, no. The, these guys are already in almost close to training camp shape. Like it would be nice if they did that. I think that's on, you know, obviously John Tavares is supposed to be the guy that, kind of gets that together he's been doing scrimmages this summer too like it's not like he's just been sitting around not doing anything he has been participating in a few charity events and i saw that he yeah. was doing some scrimmages but it'd be nice if john Tavares would say hey guys let's break in the new guys let's get let's run uh run some ice and let's let's get it done yeah i mean i i think it's different when you're you know just kind of getting on the ice and you're playing these scrimmages as opposed to you know some some informal technically like team skates though like here's what mcdavid had to say when asked about this um he said i think it says a lot about where a group is everybody is dialed in everybody is super motivated everyone is determined and everybody is in it together um he went on to say i think that's the kind of message uh that i've been feeling just with the guys wanting to come back make sure we're all together for a couple of weeks before camp so you know it, it sounds as though this team I don't know if it's like a, a maturation process with this group, with McDavid and company, um, but it sounds as though they're, they've almost flipped the switch and they flipped the switch early saying, Hey, we mean business this year. This is how much we mean it. We're all coming back two weeks early before camp, everybody, not just some of them, everyone, even dudes coming in from, you know, uh, from overseas made their ass all the way out to Edmonton. And, um, you know, I think it's it's pretty cool to see the complete buy-in there. And again, it starts with McDavid. That was mandated by him. So if the Maple Leafs want to do something like this, I don't even think it has to be Tavares. It could have been Marner. Could have been Matthews, right? Any one of them could have been Riley. Any one of them could have said, hey, why don't we try and do this? Let, let's, let's get in early. Let's have some real good skates. Let's try and get to know each other. And let's just buy in and, and do something a little different this year. Um, you know, we, we got kind of a, a new clean slate with Dubis gone. It's a bit of a different situation. Let's get off on the right foot here. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that hopefully, you know, we see this team do some things like this, like we're seeing McDavid do with his group with, uh, with the Maple Leafs at some point here. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that it was really interesting and, and, you know, in the back of my mind, I just was thinking to myself, man, it'd be nice if, you know, one of those Maple Leafs core guys, you know, had had the passion to to do something like this, you know? It would be. And that's, that's you know, we're going to get talk to uh, Sam on our Fan Friday here. And, you know, I think a big thing about what this Leafs team needs is that business-like approach to the playoffs, right? What are we going to do? What What are we going to do different? Right. What are we going to sh- what are we going to do to kind of show that we want to take that next step as a group? Right. And th- this would be a nice one just to kind of say, hey, you know what? The way that last year went didn't sit right with us. We want to make sure we get a, 
a jump and a head start on things. And look, in past years, we've seen Leafs like Leaf scrimmages done at the uh, Ford Performance Center where the media then get to talk to guys. I'm sure that's going to come, but it would be nice if one of the players did come out and already kind of try to organize that. So it's already said and done, right? So that we're not seeing like maybe three or four guys or maybe even like six. I like to see more of the guys there, right? Like to see, you know, someone like William Nylander. Let's see Willie put it together, right? I know that he's dealing with the contract stuff, but he doesn't seem to be the one handling it firsthand. So he he could also organize a skate, and maybe that'll get some Leafs players going. Ooh, Willie's Willie's putting this together. Let's get it going. Like that'd be nice yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And uh, speaking of William Nylander and his contract situation, I got a take on that, but I'm not going to tell you what it is today. I'm going to tell you guys what it is on. Monday on our next show because that's gonna do it for us here today um on the pod uh actually no we got we're, we're gonna do this the the fan Friday that's coming up right peek yeah. behind the curtain we did the fan Friday interview prior to this chat so disregard me saying that that's it we still got Sam Rowe our fan. what are we doing here we still got another about 10 minutes uh, here to go <laughs> uh, that does it for our chat with you and I, but coming up next is uh, Sam Rowe with Fan Friday. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. I've got Dave Morsuti, my co-host, with me today, and uh, it's Fan Friday. And as we like to do here throughout the Friday off seasons, we've got uh, one of our one of our fans, one of my biggest fans uh, on the show. Actually, it's my good buddy. Sam Rowe, Sammy Samster. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's going on, everybody? How are we living today? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. Uh, so first and foremost, you're one of the biggest Leaf fans that uh, that I know. For those who uh, don't know who Sam is, and pro- probably don't, but Sam and I lived together for a couple of years, and uh, we used to watch the Buds together. A couple Buds watching the Buds. Um, but overall, throughout your lifetime, Sammy, what uh, what are some of your favorite memories of being a Leaf fan? Oh, it's probably um, you know uh, family and friend related. Just hanging out with you, watching the buds. Uh, you know, getting a, a a Matthews jersey from my dad, um, and then my brother got a Marner jersey for Christmas one year, and you know that was kind of a special memory. Just wearing the the blue and the white. Um, and probably uh, drafting Austin Matthews first overall was uh, a pretty special memory, especially his first game ever as a Maple Leaf. I know we were all losing it uh, against the Suns there, and that was a pretty special memory. So hopefully more to come in the playoffs uh, next year. But I'd probably say, for the most part, family and friend related. I love the way the Leafs bring, bring us all together. So Matthews, you said you know one of your one of your guys. You know what? Uh, what did you make of the contract that he signed with the Maple Leafs this year? Three years at thirteen point two five. Four years rather, at thirteen point two five million. Do you think? Uh, you know what did you make of that deal? Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it because I love having Austin Matthews as a Leaf. Um, it's enough time, I think, for them to get some stuff done. I think uh, Austin's in his prime right now. Um, and you know, the, the core of the team still put, put together pretty decently here. So I'm really excited to have him for another four years. I think he's got a lot of magic left 
in his twig, and um, I think he's going to put on for us and uh, all of these nations. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really fired up about it. I know some people are critiquing it being a little bit shorter, and, and some of these fans are, I guess, not happy. They, they want a, a longer signed uh, deal. But, I mean, you know, honestly, I just love, I love Austin. I love what he brings to the team. And if this works for him and he's able to come into the locker room every day with uh, the right mindset and uh, – and keep doing what he does best for another four years. I think it's a great window of opportunity for, for Leafs Nation to to hoist the cup. So, that's probably the biggest question here. Is you know, where do you see this Leafs team kind of needing to take that next step to get to a cup, right? Like they got the star power with you know guys like Matthews and Martin and all those things, but what do you feel is that ingredient missing for this team? I think it's uh, comes down to heart and passion. Uh, you know, it's something that I, I saw a lot more in Austin Matthews last season than I have in previous seasons. Um, and, and the other core, the other group, group, uh, core forwards as well. Um, you know, it's like the same kind of passion that I think Morgan Riley brings and, and Tavares brings. They're not afraid to, to kind of put themselves in the line of fire and, and, uh, passionately pursue uh, victory. I, I think I just don't see it all the time with some of our core forwards. Um, it's one of my critiques of William Melander. I think he's an incredible hockey player. Uh, love, love watching what he does. He's a, he's a special talent, but sometimes I feel like he lacks a little bit of that passion and wanting to get blood on his Jersey to uh, sort of make the sacrifice required to win a cup. So um, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see that from some of our core forwards. And I think that's difficult to put on the stat sheet um, and, and critique really, uh, you know, analytically it's, it just kind of comes with maybe a little bit more experience, a little bit more confidence in the playoffs. Um, and I think, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about a, a bit more about it uh, just in terms of some of the off season moves that were made, but I am hoping that, you know, with some of the, the new additions to the team, we're going to get a little bit more of a sort of a dramatic flair for this season. I don't know if it will necessarily pan over to the same type of regular season that we want to have. Um, but I am hoping that, you know, the passion carries over into the playoffs. Well, that's exactly where I wanted to go with it, Sam, you know, obviously this team, you know, you say you, you want to see them have a little bit more heart. Well, they brought in some guys who, do have a chip on their shoulder. Guys like Ryan Reeves, who's been known to be a great locker room guy, clearly has a lot of heart and has a lot of passion. Max Domi, you know, he's coming in as a legacy player, wants to prove himself in the city of Toronto. Tyler Bertuzzi's, you know, a, a rugged dude. Do you think that's enough, uh, you know, to put this team over the top this year? Or is there still something else that needs to kind of be done with this roster in order to, you know, get that ultimate goal? I mean, great question. I'd also love to hear what you guys think on that one. Um, I mean, I look at Bunting and how he sort of sparked a little bit of, a, uh, I think, a light in um, Austin Matthews' lamp. Uh, just kind of like drawing out the passion, you know, the chirps, the uh, sort of the uh, the behind the behind the scenes plays, uh, at the after the whistle uh, commentary. I just think that that kind of stuff. Uh, transcends and kind of provides teams with momentum doesn't always have to be in, in the uh, the form of physicality but i do think physicality really matters as well um, i don't know if we've really seen this Leafs team be supported by such a physical presence before in the past maybe we've had little pieces come in and and play that role but it's going to be a new Leafs team this year 
um, that the core is going to have to do what they do best, but it's going to be interesting to see how uh, a more physical presence really influences momentum for the for the offensive and defensive uh, power. Yeah, I mean, look, I think when you look at the additions made, it wasn't just about, you know, adding around the edges per se. You know, they really wanted – if they're going to – add some jam to the lineup they're going to need to do it in a more significant way that's why i think the bertuzzi domi signings where i think were a little more significant than we've seen like you know when you add just a, a random you know i'm gonna say a random fourth liner but just a guy who's gonna play maybe at most 10 minutes a night right yes the reeves one is is kind of like that move where you're gonna get a guy who probably won't play every game this season but you know he's gonna have some sort of impact in a way and I, I do think that this team does need to realize that when they go up against a Florida, what, the reason why they lost against Florida is because Florida was willing to do just just take their game to just an extra step that they weren't willing to do, right? At least I, I, at times, I think the best way to describe it is they played with a little bit of fear in that, in that series. They weren't able to play free. They weren't able to play the way they wanted to. And that's how Florida, I think, was able to win that series. So... I do think that that's something that the Leafs need to work on throughout the years. They got to be able to show a little more urgency at times and, you know, realize that that type of stuff needs to be developed before the playoffs happen. They can't just turn it on. Yeah, I want to jump back in there for a second. I agree. I think that, you know, it's a pretty random game as it is. It's very difficult from an analytics perspective. You can uh, to, to kind of predict hockey's a difficult, difficult to forecast sport um, because of how fast it is, how fast paced the uh, – the sport is and uh, all the randomness that can really occur um, within uh, within the rink. But then you throw the more you throw in physicality into the game and, and sort of passion, you kind of like disrupting game plans a little bit as well, too. And, and I think in the past teams have come in, especially in the playoffs and locked in on uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and found ways to shut them down. And I think when you put some a guy like Ryan Reeves on the ice, and I'm not saying he's going to be a core component. I, I think, you know, probably Domi and uh, Bertuzzi were better examples. But, you know, I think guys like that can really sh- shake up um, a team's action plan to shut down your star players. Um, I'd also throw uh, Matthew Nyes into the mix too. I think he's an incredible power forward. I think he's, I know he's young, but I can't wait to see what he does this season. As a Leafs fan, I'm on the edge of getting a Matthew Nyes jersey. Um, <laughs> really excited to see what he does this year too. So I just think throwing, um, making it difficult for other teams to execute on defensive and shutdown plans. I think that's going to be an interesting uh, opportunity for some of our, our, our stars this year as well. I'm curious, you brought up analytics. Uh, what type of role do you think analytics has in hockey? You know, it's a it's a, it's a big time debate between a lot of people in uh, in the hockey world. Those who are kind of you know the old school, just watch the game type of people, and then there's some who are very numbers driven. Um, where do you sit on that debate, Sam? I bounce back and forth all the time. I, I work in statistics, so um, you know when I when I first started getting into hockey statistics. Um, yeah, I, I jumped right into it. I was looking at some other sports at the time too. I think for me, there are certain positions on the ice that statistics make sense for. And then there are other positions, like the goalie, for instance. Um, you know, he's not moving around as much. He's in one spot, and his his role looks pretty much the same night overnight, uh, or a lot more a lot more similar night overnight, I should say, than it would you know for a for a center a centerman or a winger. So. 
Um, I do love looking at the, the analytics and the advanced stats, but I just think that some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier around emotion and, and sort of randomness in the game that can't that stats can't predict. Um, I think stats do help though for forecasting maybe overall player performance and for negotiation and for uh, for assembling the like I guess the base of a team. But yeah, there's something to be said about just personalities in the locker room and, and emotion on the ice that you know st- uh, stats sheet can't really describe all that well and i think it's a major component to the game it's such an emotional game and um, i think honestly that i was talking about it earlier i think that's what the Leafs have been missing i think maybe we're a little stats heavy on the way we built the team and um you know that's probably kyle dubas is doing wishing him well but i'm excited to see this new era where we're maybe looking a little bit less at the statistics day in day out and more about the the uh so the emotional presence of the of the team yeah, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Hopefully we get, you know, both kind of shining through. And I think that's probably the way you can get the most out of a, a group in, in today's game, honestly, is you, you got to respect both sides. The analytics part of it, but also, you know, you got to respect that this is still, a, a you know, a, a man's game at the end of the day. And the playoffs are different too. So you got to make sure that you're ready to play the regular season and the playoffs, I think Brad Trilliving has, has is starting to go in the right direction in terms of balancing it out a little bit. Um, that being said, Sam, uh, last question for you here today: um, give us uh, give us a kind of a, a bold prediction for the Maple Leafs this year. Oh well, the cup. I mean, we're we're going all the way. Um, definitely, it's going to be crazy. Uh, we're gonna blaze new trails and teams are just going to be, uh, you know, shaking in their skates when they have to uh, line up at center ice for puck drop when, uh, when they're, when they're going head to head and toe to toe with the Leafs this year. So bold, but, but to be serious, bold prediction, I think we'll get past the second round. Um, I think we're going to have a little bit of a tougher regular season. I think there's going to be a little bit more adversity throughout the regular season. Um, I'm going to try to ignore a lot of the, uh, the chatter that's going on in the media um, because I, I do believe in, teams that have a little bit more of a rough a rough journey through the regular season that can excel in the playoffs. So uh, I'm hoping uh, what I'm predicting is a little bit of a rougher season, but uh, a total flourish in the, in the playoffs. You're not going to ignore us though, right? No, you guys are my boys. <laughs> All right, buddy. Really appreciate taking the time to, uh, to join us. It was a fun chat and uh, well, hopefully we can get you on for another fan Friday sometime down the road. That'd be a blast. I look forward to that. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. Thank you very much. That was Sam Rowe, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That was solid stuff from uh, from Sam Rowe there. So we appreciate him taking the time to join us for Fan Friday. If you want to be part of Fan Friday, uh, drop a comment down below or reach out to us on social media, and uh, we'll try and get you on the pot. We got a few more Fridays left through the offseason to get a few more guests on. So, if you want to get uh, get on with us, get try and get in touch with us because uh, that was uh, it's a lot of fun. We look forward to these. All right, Dave, good stuff. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore More Sudi and follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back. For another episode for you guys on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leaps.